Hello again, and welcome back to Dogs on Top, the podcast about the Georgia MBA, Athens, and the University of Georgia. I'm your host, Deirdre Kane, and also Director of Admissions for the Full-Time MBA Program. In this episode and some others, I will be talking with various community leaders in Athens so that you can have a more complete picture of what the Athens community is like. Today, I am talking with Sarah McKinney, the Executive Director of the Athens Area Community Foundation, one of our nonprofit board partners. And it is a wonderful organization doing great work for Athens. Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to have you here, and I'll start by asking you to introduce yourself. I'm Sarah McKinney with the Athens Area Community Foundation, and I have been a force of something in Athens for about two decades now. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, started my college career at Georgia State, and uh, finished up college at UGA, got an internship in my undergrad um, where I landed my my first career of 16 years at the Council on Aging, went over to the university, actually worked for 4-H. Many students at our university uh, grew up in 4-H across our state, spent some time working there, and now get the opportunity to lead our community foundation. So that's a little bit of my professional track here in Athens. And I'm one of those crazies that came to school here and never left and do not regret it. There are many of you, um, people who just fall in love with Athens and they refuse to leave. So you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Can you talk a little bit more about AACF? Is it okay if we use an abbreviation acronym for the rest of the time? You are more Uh, than welcome to use the the acronym. (laughs) Um, now, I do know that AACF is, a, is one of our board partners, and we just recently did a, a podcast that will get published soon about the Nonprofit Board Fellows Program. So that's sort of our connection to you in, in one way. So um, certainly want to talk about that connection, but also first hear a little bit more about the foundation, um, its history, its mission, purpose. I know you've been growing it, so it's in a really great position right now and still growing. Sort of give us a little of that picture. You got it. So community foundations are not unique to Athens. They're, uh, they exist all over the United States, all over the world, really. There's 12 community foundations in the state. And at the simplest of forms, we are like private, nonprofit, philanthropic banks. We manage the funds of private philanthropists, businesses that have a, a heart for philanthropy in our region. And so we're just kind of like this really cool private nonprofit bank for people who love to give. That's not our mission. That's my way of saying it. But when we do a great job at the Community Foundation, anywhere we are, we work to build, grow, and distribute and preserve uh, philanthropy in our region. And there's so many different reasons why that's important especially in a day like today, but um, it's really a pleasure to work with philanthropists. And I always remind everybody that philanthropy sounds like one of those words that, you know, I would say I'll never have enough money to be a philanthropist. The root word of philanthropy just really means to give. And so we work with the givers in our community. Uh, So at the end of the day, when we do a great job, we're a grant maker. We get to give away money on behalf of families and businesses, and it's a blast. And, and how many nonprofits are, are benefiting from you right now? I guess Athens has quite a few, and you're probably working closely with a lot of them. We are. We have hundreds of nonprofits in this region, actually. Um, there's kind of this perception meets reality of 
are there really too many nonprofits? And I'm not actually sure that I know the answer to that question, but do plan on having one in the next few years. But, uh, you know, we work with uh, nonprofits, churches, schools, government institutions, and literally hundreds of organizations receive grants from us every year, the vast majority being uh, Athens-based or right here in this region. Um, we cover about a six-county footprint here in Northeast Georgia, but we also support uh, causes nationwide and worldwide. In fact, we have a family that is very passionate about some philanthropy um, in South Africa, and so we help connect them uh, there. I haven't actually gotten to go there, but we've gotten to work closely with a nonprofit there. But we do try to really work on the givers here and promoting giving here in our communities. In our history, which I didn't touch on, we're about 12 years old. We were founded out of a movement back in 2008. It was actually an anti-poverty initiative in Athens known as the One Athens Movement. And we are one of the only deliverables that I'm aware of today that's still a result of that. And Judge Steve Jones, who is a uh, renowned figure both on and off campus in Athens, was our founder. And, you know, it was really looking at there was no institution in Athens that anchored giving. So giving became really transient. You know, if you moved from here or if you passed away from here, um, what would anchor your giving from a legacy standpoint? And, you know, any dog, any great dog understands what legacy means. I mean, football is a legacy. Your giving is a legacy. Your education is a legacy. So we want to preserve that. How has the foundation grown since you've been with the foundation? Sort of what have been some of those changes and developments? It's doubled in the last few years, which has been awesome, and that's testimony to many, many different things. But um, my predecessor, Delane Porter, founded this organization in 2008, and I don't know if anybody remembers what happened in 2008, and that was like the most incredibly uh, bold time to found a community foundation and she did and she grew it and she did a beautiful job with it and then she knew it was her time to step away and go do something new so it was a really fun succession strategy she handed off an incredible organization that did not need a lot of cleanup it didn't need a lot of life breathed into it I could really just take it and run with it and that was a blessing and so when I started I think we were right at 6.1 million dollars in assets managed um, and we manage about 13 million today, but as excited as I get about how much we manage in assets, we grant make like crazy. So in the last two years alone, we've given out um, over $4.5 million to our community. And so we want to see this kind of hockey stick in um, assets growing, but uh, grant making going up as too. I want philanthropists on fire in our community. I like that. I like that that phrase. It's a band name too, and it is Athens. Yeah, so totally, totally Athens. Athens. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit more specifically then about how you are partnering with individuals and the community? Um, I know there's a lot going on and a lot mm -hmm. that you're working with people on. You know, partnership is like one of those words, like, are you truly partnering? And are, you know, are you truly doing collaboration? And I, you know, what I really love about our community is it's really, truly a collaborative community, all the different entities pre-COVID, uh, you know, 2019, we'll call it, uh, you know, we had plenty of great collaborations and partnerships rolling. For example, every single month, we have the nonprofit training series uh, that we collaborate with our University of Georgia Public Service and Outreach, our city government, our United Way, and we bring one free high quality training every single month to nonprofits in our region. Scott Duvall of Jawavi Films has actually led a social media training for us, but he is a passionate Terry supporter and a more football supporter. 
But that's an example of where we have partnerships rolling into COVID, having existing relationships. And this is, it doesn't matter what, what business you're talking about, but having existing meaningful, deep relationships uh, before you really need them is uh, the biggest key I could give any student, any any colleague, you know, it just makes a huge difference to have true, meaningful relationships because when you need them, they rock. And rolling into COVID, you know, the trust that we have worked as a community foundation to establish in our community, we were able to uh, quickly mobilize a fund um, called the COVID-19 Community Response Fund. We realized over $300,000 in that fund within 12-week period. And um, 100% of those dollars are going back out into our community, meeting the most pressing needs as associated. Then we run a nonprofit leader call every Thursday at 10 a.m. because of the COVID response. And every single Thursday, we're running about 55 to 65 um, in attendance, all nonprofit leaders from across the region who are coming together to listen and learn and share best practices about, you know, how to close their business, how to reopen their business. Um, and then every Wednesday we're on a chamber call. I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of different things to make sure that people, one, uh, know we exist because that's always important, but to be ready to listen and plug in where the community needs us and be relevant. I mean, if we're not relevant, we need to go away. Yeah, well, I know I, it's stuff I didn't know about. Certainly a lot going on in the background with COVID that I don't know about, but I do feel that Athens has had a really, I think, good response. I mean, in terms of the, the city council and the citizens of Athens uh, sort of hunkering down, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Before the call, I was talking with Scott, our producer. He's venturing out. I think we're all doing little things to venture out. I stopped by Jittery Joe's on Barber yesterday and said, I'm yeah. going to get a coffee yeah. with my mask, but I'm still going to get a coffee. Um, yep. And so it's nice to be able to sort of bounce back from that. But I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure it all goes. It, it can happen that way. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and maybe this is a question you already answered or a statement of the obvious, but um, why why does Athens need an organization like yours specifically? What is it about Athens that, you know, you're adding a lot of value, but sort of what are the what are the real needs? No, I think that's a great question. And when I I spent about the first year of my, my time <laughs> at the Community Foundation going, well, okay, exactly. Why? What's the why? Why do we need this? Why do we need this? And my why for our community foundation today is simply so that we can help our community create a dynamic legacy. You know, no matter where you are and what you're talking about, um, if it, I mean, you could be talking about government programs, school programs, nonprofit programs, football programs, um, study abroad programs. What do they all have in common? They all need private support. Um, and I think with so many ways of doing business, of going to school, of learning, you know, there are so many ways that you can give as well. And I think for people who are givers, and most people are givers, it becomes confusing sometimes to make the best decision for me, for my family, for my business, where my dollar can make the biggest impact. And so our why is so that we can be your compass, your guide, um, your back office, so that we can be sure that you, your business, um, or your family are the very best givers you can be. Um, our community expertise, our regional expertise, what we understand about um, the infrastructure, roads, schools, you name it, um, the Cocker Spaniel rescues, what we understand about our community will help mobilize and make the best givers out of our community. So that's why I think we exist. It's kind of, it's not as essential as the work I used to do, for example, in Meals on Wheels, where, you know, we delivered home delivered meals to people's homes every day. But then it is 
kind of essential because if we don't get people on fire about giving, they'll find a place to, to use their funds somewhere and we need to keep it here so that we mm. can keep Athens strong and healthy. Yeah. Besides the COVID um, project, um, mm -hmm. what other current initiatives are you involved with specifically? Any to talk, any good ones to talk about? Oh yeah. And one that students would be real excited about. It's one of my favorites um, because I've learned so much from it. It's the Athens Wellbeing Project. And there's a great website for that, AthensWellbeingProject.org. And this is a household representative sampling of Athens-Clark County. It's a data gathering project that our community foundation has led for the last several years. And it's one of those things where it's like, did Athens really need to have more data about Athens? And the truth was really no. But what we needed to do was have shared, usable, applicable data. So the Athens Wellbeing Project, championed by the Community Foundation, is joint data collected by the hospitals, universities, city government, the Community Foundation, the Housing Authority, um, you name it, all these major institutions that have to have data. What happens if we gather what data we need together and we use that information uh, for shared decision making? And it's been one of the most impactful projects because pre-COVID, you know, we could tell you really, really um, household level, you know, drilling into neighborhood level information about, you know, what did the east side of Athens need versus the south side of Athens? Um, and we use that to inform school leaders, for example, or the housing authority when they're uh, making revisions with their neighborhood plans. Um, and then during COVID, we've been able to really, really mobilize some exceptional change because we had this just very hyper, hyper local data. Um, why in the world would a community foundation want to do that? Because we believe informed philanthropy is the best philanthropy. So, you know, there's the giving that because our bellies feel good, because we feel like it's the right thing. But how do you know that um, your decision making is informed? You know, where you, will you make the best decisions? That's why data is important to us. Athens Wellbeing Project, fun thing to look up. Okay, well, we'll include a link to that in the show notes so yeah. that people can, can look it up. So what are your goals for the future of the foundation then, looking, looking forward? Uh, the goals for the Community Foundation are probably going to always be very much the same. I want us to be a regional philanthropic leader. I want us to be the go-to for uh, mobilizing philanthropy. I want people to think of us as a place of choice when they're um, thinking about starting a new foundation or when they're giving. Um, but we really should be also a place that people think about when uh, leaving assets in their will. You know, will steward um, some I've, I know in the future we'll steward some fairly large gifts for our foundation and we will win the day that we have a huge grants pool for our community to apply to and that we've got some tough decisions to make because we've got lots of money to give out. Now, you've been involved with, I believe, our Nonprofit Board Fellows Program, mm -hmm. I think since we started it. Am I correct in that? Um, so I'd like to sort of give our students an idea of, well, why you got involved, <laughs> why it helps you and sort of how our students have worked with the organization. Yeah, I think we were in one of the first classes, Bernard Saunders, who I actually checked in with just the other day, was one of our, uh, he was our first board okay. fellow, and he's with Price Waterhouse, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. Right yes, now. he is. And uh, Bernard um, helped me understand why we needed student support, and particularly when you're looking at uh, the quality of students in the Terry College of Business, both both undergrad, but primarily graduate when you when they've had the experience that they've had post undergrad meets coming back. I mean, I think isn't most don't most Terry graduate students have at least two years? Yeah, post graduate. Our, our students too. Yep. 
Yeah, that combination years. of undergrad, you know, at Terry or another business school or something similar meeting out in the workforce coming back um, was a huge point of interest for me because, you know, the, the, the young mind that is in school getting access to the latest resources and learning materials um, that doesn't necessarily have a context for what you do. That's the other thing that I always think is exciting when you have students who are ready to engage but they don't necessarily know what you do, that fresh mind um, that's eager to support and learn is very, very helpful to us. Bernard um, was a first, I don't think he'd mind me sharing this at all because he was, no, he wouldn't, he shared it publicly quite a few many times. He was a first generation college student and he actually went to undergrad, I think at Morehouse from a scholarship mm -hmm. from the Community Foundation in Atlanta. So he brought mm -hmm. that very personal lens to the table um, and then um, just helped us rethink some things. And then to be able to sit alongside board leaders in the community and the nonprofit leadership of that nonprofit business, and I always say that they're businesses because they are, um, I think gives a other unique lens and perspective back to the student in a mutually beneficial way to show them where, you know, they can leverage their service uh, through their profession to support their communities. And I think that understanding early on is so incredible. I mean, board governance is not just a seat at the table, it's the opportunity to make incredible change in a community. And when you understand that early in your 20s, uh, you'll more incredibly understand that, you know, as you lead in the various communities. So I kind of hope this program deploys incredible new board governance mm -hmm. leaders throughout the world. Okay, okay. And after Bernard, we've had a couple and what, what sort of roles have they played for you? What are they doing yeah. for you? Manan, um, Manan is with us right now, and Manan is wonderful. He's, um, you know, supply chain and logistics is what Manan is interested in. Um, but he has been an incredible role in helping us build out our uh, referral program for the Community Foundation. So the bulk of our referrals come from financial advisors, CPAs, attorneys. And so Manan took the lead on getting what we will call a legacy project up and running um, that Andrew um, Selena. Thank you. He's got a group of um, MBA students who are coming alongside of Monin's board leadership as a board fellow, and they're creating a legacy project together where um, we will consistently be working in the community to generate referrals for the community foundations, essentially a really great marketing strategy. But um, uh, Monin did some benchmarking with community foundations across the state and then pass that to Andrew's students, and then it will come back to Monin and to next year's cohort of students, I hope. And uh, um, I mean, and they're producing work that it, literally there's not the time or the necessary knowledge in this not mine to do. And then they're informing our board on how their fiduciary responsibility leading can uh, be informed by their incredible work. So it's just great all around. Because they're in the office there, I, I believe there are two of you. Just two of you, correct? Doing That's all right. this work. That's right. <laughs> um, and so, I yeah. mean, student support is super key. And I always just want to have a mutually beneficial. I don't want somebody bored in our organization. Mm -hmm. um, I want them to, you know, they don't necessarily have to love the community foundation, but I'd love for them to feel like I either like that or I don't like that or that my time was well used. And we're having a great time with the students. We hold them to a high standard, but the, UGA, the University of Georgia does too. Mm -hmm. And so they, they come ready and prepared with that. And it's been really, really wonderful. Okay. Um, Scott Givens also has worked with you, correct? But oh, yeah. he was, yep. he, he unfortunately had the audacity to graduate early. So, um, I, I was, <laughs> I, I have forgotten about Scott. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I forget about him, but oh, he got to get done a whole semester early, but same exact thing right alongside Monon, um, 
uh, Scott helped do some benchmarking for this legacy project that I'm speaking about, and he did a great, great job. And again, I hope that that sticks, you know, and mm -hmm. whether they are ever involved in the community foundation or not, again, that board leadership and that governance that it takes, because they're the fiduciaries of those and those roles, you know, it's important legal financial work. And um, I hope they get that seriousness in now so they can go be awesome with it. Um, one of the topics I wanted to cover, just because I think you have some insight into it, and I think it's nice to sort of share that information with our students. And even though it's not your organization, you are working with Creature Comforts, I believe, on the Get Comfortable campaign, um, which is a fantastic story. So maybe I need to do a, another interview. But what, <laughs> uh, can you talk a little bit about that Get, Get Comfortable campaign and how you're, you've been working with them? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They'd be a really great podcast. Um, Scott knows them, so do I. But uh, the Community Foundation manages uh, the philanthropy of Creature Comforts Brewing, so it's really fun to um, be involved with an incredible uh, uh, brewery that has got not just statewide recognition, but nationwide recognition. They're just incredible in a variety of ways. But they've made an incredible philanthropic commitment to the markets where they serve. And they do that through their Get Comfortable IPA, which is a beer, and just through a variety of, um, of uh, values that they have for their business in general. We are essentially their back office support for Creature Comfort's Get Comfortable campaign. So what they did not want to do was start another nonprofit in our community. They just wanted to really boldly and meaningfully build um, a bunch of creatures who were excited to drink beer and support their communities and it um, exploded. I mean they've given away thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars so where they're back office we receive all their gifts. We manage to get comfortable campaign for them but they take the lead on the brand and the management and the messaging and we just get the awesome opportunity to ride <laughs> alongside them and manage the money, write the checks for them get it out the yeah. door. Um, but they're expanding into Atlanta and into some other markets, and it's going to be really, really cool to see where they go with that. But they're a great, um, they just got a great conscience for their community. Um, Matt Stevens, who mm -hmm. leads uh, the vice, he's, I think their vice president of impact, getting that right. He is a um, UGA grad and just a really great guy. Yeah, so that might, that might be a definite follow-up mm -hmm. for me. Yep. <laughs> Um, so on a more personal note, um, we can always come back, maybe there are other things you want to share about your organization, but, you know, giving people a sense of Athens and what it's going to be like to spend two years in Athens, I usually it's helpful to hear from people who know Athens really well. So what are some of your favorite things about Athens mm -hmm. and to do in Athens? It depends on the day, it depends <laughs> on the mood, and that's my favorite part about Athens because it's got something for everybody. Now I'm going to tell a secret and it's naughty secret, but I'm not the biggest football fan. I'm married to the biggest football fan. However, I'm a massive appetizer and Coca-Cola fan. So oh. winking on the podcast, you can always <laughs> find me tailgating on campus. That is not something that I really took as much advantage of as a student. Mm. And I don't know why. And as an adult, I, that is probably one of my favorite things to do. I let my husband go to the games, let my kids go to the games, and I do enjoy them every now and then, but they enjoy them more. I love the fellowship, the camaraderie, the drinking, the good, healthy drinking, the good, healthy food eating, mm -hmm. and just the vibe. I mean, there's nothing better than tailgating. It's my favorite. Now, you do, you do understand <laughs> that for people who don't live, come from the South, like I came from the North, yeah. came in, the, 
making sure people understand that there's a difference between football and tailgating. Like you can actually separate them completely um, and enjoy either one or both. Um, They're totally different. I mean, I am, again, I don't mind football. I like football. Am I a raging fan? No. Is it a cause of tension in our household? Likely. But I am a raging tailgater and I will set up, eat, chit chat, have a good time every single tailgate, go home, watch the game, let them have a great time. And they're two totally different activities, completely. So tailgate, but attend your games and go to a night game. That's the other hmm. thing, like you got to go to night games. Those are the best when you yeah. can do them. And not just football. We got so many great sports, track, softball, mm-hmm. the equestrian Basketball, teams, amazing. baseball, and then really cheap or free to get into. So That's right. Basketball is something fun. That was another one I didn't get into. And um, our women, I mean, both programs are great, but our women's program is led so incredibly mm. well by um, the coaching staff. And they're a lot of fun to watch. And the gymnasts and everything yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. All of them. All, all of them. But if it's yeah. not UGA related, you got to take in some good shows. You got to mm. eat good. And then the goal I have for this summer is not something I've done yet. I wonder if y'all have. I'm going to float the broad. I haven't done that yet. Have y'all? I have done it with Oconee Joe, but not with yes. broad river dogs, whatever they are. Big okay. dogs on the river. I don't, I can't remember. But One of those places. Oconee Joe is, is in my opinion, I'll, pitch for him because it is small groups and so it's it's sort of my speed I like it so that's gonna be yeah. my new favorite thing to do it's on my bucket list for this summer I've done I've done two with him and it was just a fantastic opportunity to go out um, and just you know get away from it all so I think you would really like it um, awesome. favorite restaurant though oh that's easy mm-hmm. uh, if I'm feeling hotty toddy it's the national because Peter Dale is my boo and anybody who lives in Athens needs to know Peter Dale. Yep. Um, quick, quick lunch. It's got to be Tzatziki's because Whit Richardson's the most incredible business owner. He's just an incredible human. I'm not even sure if the food's good. It is good. But Whit is wonderful. It's amazing. Or Ted's Most Best. Or mm-hmm. the World Famous. Mm-hmm. Or we could just sit here and talk about food all day if you want to. Even I though miss food. Well, they're not quite all open yet. But the, have you taken advantage of the curbside? Oh yeah. yeah. Went to, got my Maypole the other day, curbside. That's another Peter Dale um, yep. amazingness. And uh, boy, was that delicious. Yeah, that's a favorite of some of the people on the staff too. So yeah. I, I hit high-low the other day for uh, a hot dog and french fries. Corn dogs. <laughs> Which for people outside of the South, they don't even know what that is, okay? Oh so, gosh. Uh, high-low is the best. They are the best. Good people there. A lot of good mm-hmm. people in Athens. Um, oh, yeah other favorites to share what should you know what advice would you give to students or um about what they should make sure they do while they're here or or consider about uncomfortable just get uncomfortable Mm. i think that's what i did not do a very good job at and Mm. um i think i thought that you know the few years that i had on campus was a long time and it was really not um and i think getting uncomfortable is both on and off campus you know try things that that you think you won't like and maybe you still don't like them but you know that might be there's such a variety of programming on campus there's so many things to do mm-hmm. I didn't get into that and I think I did too much of the same rinse and repeat stuff you know I lived off campus I don't know I just think getting uncomfortable is one of our best places to grow and um throughout the lifetime but I mean there's way too much to do in this town nobody should ever utter the words I'm bored and if they do you should be defriended immediately <laughs> 
<laughs> agreed, agreed. I haven't managed to get to it all, and I've been here almost nine years, and I, I had still have a very long list of things that I, I'd yeah. like to do. So, yeah, um, it's not um, perfect, but there's some really cool things to do, and there's some cool history, and there's mm -hmm. some great examples of what not to repeat itself for history, but there's some great um, mm -hmm. examples of awesomeness happening too. It is a really good mixture of old and new. I find, yeah, that's really in, in, intriguing in a way that's very different from other places that I've lived. Yeah. yeah um, for sure. Any other ways in which you think people can help your foundation or help Athens? I think you should always consider Community Foundation no matter where you are. If you're ever thinking about, you know, leading a campaign to give at your church or if you, you know, have a taxable reason to give or if you're just curious about giving, I think, you know, they're, they're not we're not set up to, you know, do anything other than share the, the great work of our community. And if it's a great fit to work with us, we do, but look at the community foundations you've got across the, wherever you live and, and you'll find incredible work. Um, one of the things I do want people to understand about Athens is um, kind of this, the, the harder side to understand of Athens, which is, um, and, and I'm not sure that we always hear it the right way or we always understand it the right way. And I'm not even sure I truly understand it the right way, but Athens um, has an exceptionally uh, high rate of poverty. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that a lot in our community and it is incredibly high. The other thing that we don't talk about in our community is the, the very disproportionate amount of wealthy people who live here. And, um, in Athens, it's really a tale of two cities, and there's, um, and if we don't say that and we don't acknowledge it, mm -hmm. we, won't, we won't try to do a whole lot different with that. I want students, when they're here, to understand the, the high and the lows of this community, because I think when you can take in the pleasures and the, and the, the excitement of this place, but also understand um, the disparate portions mm -hmm. of our community, you'll better understand what, what is a privilege when we're here, and what we can do to better support it. And I don't just say this, the, the student power that is on campus in terms of service, learning, volunteerism, internship is absolutely unbelievable in our community. I mean, you can look at Campus Kitchen, um, the Backpack Project, the Shifa Clinic. I mean, there are mm. so many, and many of the Greek organizations, there are the student power to mobilize and affect change in our community is incredible. And while many of them are are going to leave these communities, if we can help them leave informed, um, not just about the poverty statistics, but about what um, the disparity looks like and what um, uh, what the lack of middle class looks like, they'll better understand the communities where they're gonna go work, live and play. And that sounds kind of sad, mm. but at the same time, I think it's important that we don't walk through the time we have in this town, either as undergrads or graduate students, and not understand exactly where we live. Um, and if you could drone over this city, you'll see some tales that are not as bright a spot as you would hope, but you can make a difference. Now, in the time that you've lived in Athens, have you seen, how have you seen things change or improve in terms of tackling those issues? I think the way that, I've, I'm not sure that we've seen them improve so much yeah. because that poverty has not it's changed. And I. Mm -hmm. And I think that suspension bridge that we talk about, about the, you know, kind of this incredibly bimodal income distribution is probably worse. Um, mm -hmm. At the same time, I think we have an incredible amount of service and an incredible amount of um, opportunity to 
expand beyond just service delivery, the provision of services that help somebody, you know, gain access to food. That's important. Everybody has to eat, gain access mm -hmm. to safe housing. Everybody needs that. But how do we change systems um, so that uh, people have the ability to um, have mobility, have economic opportunity? Those are the things I'm not sure I've seen change, but I also think those are generational changes. And if we just mm. don't talk about them, frankly, they're not going to, they're not going to change, but this is a community of givers and it's a community of caring people. And I think in 2020, some of the gifts that we have are some much more frank, honest, difficult, challenging, gut-wrenching, brain-wracking opportunities to start talking. And I think that's where we might be able to make some, some new change. So not a lot of change in the poverty, mm. but, um, and you see a lot more opportunity for the people who have opportunity to be here too. I mean, just look at the housing that we have around. I'm not necessarily against that, but mm. at the same time, um, not a lot of people can afford to live in Athens anymore. So yeah, it's a big, huge conversation. It ends up sounding <laughs> sad, but we need to have, we yeah. gotta have the nasty combos to have the good ones. Well, I, you know, I know it's been a difficult, it has been a very difficult time in the last few weeks. 2020 has been pretty hard, you know, starting with Rona and continuing through everything that's going on post, you know, George Floyd and, and everything else. It's really hitting all communities. It's come to Athens. And I think I'm hoping that there are a lot of positives that come out of this and that positive change comes out of it because we have a responsibility to do something with all of this, right? Um, so that's what I'm hopeful for Athens since I'm now part of it too. Yeah. And yeah. I truly believe in student power. No matter if it's University of Georgia, Piedmont College, Athens mm -hmm. Tech, UNG. I, I mean, it doesn't matter what college we're talking about. You know, young people do truly have a much different uh, lens um, than we do. And mm -hmm. we need to listen. So, and we need yeah. to share. So we'll, yeah. we'll see where 2020 takes, their, <laughs> takes us. But I hope yeah. we all take a little humor and a little love with the, the gut-wrenchingness of it all. I agree. I agree. Um, so any final thoughts, Sarah? No, nah, just be okay. a good citizen, be a nice human, <laughs> do good things. Do good things. Um, and for our students who are thinking about the Nonprofit Board Fellows Program, certainly being able to work with you will be a lot of fun, but we have a lot of other organizations too, as you know, so hopefully. They, won't, they will not miss out no matter which yeah. one they serve with. Correct. It'll be a bonus for everybody. All right. Well, um, thank you for your time. It's been great to oh. talk to you. I haven't seen you in a while, so we'll have to hopefully, if we ever have events where we can get together again. Or just go to lunch. Can we sit okay. on a park bench? And we, can, like, we get outside, outside, <laughs> right? Not in closed spaces. I'd be happy to do that with you. So That'd be awesome. Thank you so much for thinking about me today. So there you have it, folks. Another episode of Dogs on Top. Sarah is a friend of mine, and I always enjoy talking with her because of the joy she brings to everything she does. Athens is full of passionate people, whether it be about football, food, music, art, or social justice. We have it all, and we have something for everyone. I guarantee you that there is more to do and see in Athens than you can accomplish during your time in the program, which is why some people want to stay, and lots of alums love to come back. So thank you for listening to the show. We'll add links to the AACF website and the Wellbeing Project in our show notes. Until next time, please stay safe, keep giving, and keep being kind. And as always, go dogs.